Buccaneers fans, here he is, Ira Kaufman, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, the king of Newport Richie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton. Unbelievable. The sage is here. We've got a offensive coordinator finally meeting the media. We've got new position coaches, and we've got Ira coming out of COVID. He says he's 83%. Sage, uh, before I tell everybody that uh, Bill Curry Ford presents his great podcast, Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford. How you feeling, man? It's been dogging you for a while. Well, I finally tested negative after two damn weeks of suffering. While the symptoms are rather on the mild side, they are. They've lingered, which is a pain in the ass in terms of fatigue. So I'm negative on the test, but I'm very positive about this podcast, Mr. Isbitz. I can't wait to, uh, and I know you're going to get to it. I'm already looking forward to the draft party, Stevie. Oh, it's going to be fun at uh, Big Storm in Ebor, brand new location. You can follow Big Storm on Facebook and Instagram. They're putting up pictures from the new location. Really exciting stuff. Uh, Sage, the President's Day sale at Bill Curry Ford, that's still going on. All kinds of 0% financing, and that's not a joke. 0% financing. Sean Sullivan is still giving you $500 just to order a new vehicle through their concierge assistance uh, service. Sean Sullivan, of course, is the general manager of Bill Curry Ford. No deposit for a new vehicle, quick delivery of new vehicles now, all kinds of great stuff going on there. Check it all out at Bill Curry Ford, C-U-R-R-I-E, Bill Curry Ford. Nationwide lifetime warranty on those new vehicle orders. Bill Curry Ford. Man, uh, this is the best time to get rid of your vehicle. It won't be worth more than it is right now. And uh, you've got to check out those deals. That's all I can say, Ira, is they're just fantastic. BillCurryFord.com. I've got my eye on a Bronco Sport, but uh, I'm not doing it, Ira, but I've got my eye on it. And you mentioned the draft party, Ira. Uh, really excited. Big Storm Brewery. Big Storm is Florida's best craft beer. Try it out. Try their Bromosa, their Tangerine IPA, their uh, Sunny Key Lime is fantastic. So many great beers. And uh, they've got their new tap room. It's huge, absolutely huge down there in Centro Ebor. And uh, that's where the party's going to be, Iris. Uh, April 27th, 7 o'clock, indoor seating. Not a ton of outdoor seating, but there is outdoor seating. It's not like the Clearwater location. And uh, we're going to have a blast. And I look forward to all those uh, Tampa fans of yours, Ira, that don't usually get out to uh, Clearwater when we have a watch party there. I've already heard from some of them saying, oh, man, Ebor, I'm there. I'm looking forward to... uh being reacquainted with a with a lot of my buck people we might have some special guests steve looking forward to it sean sullivan general manager of bill curry ford knee deep in the 2023 draft if you want somebody to listen to everybody everybody and their mother coming out with these mock drafts doing yeah. five six seven eight different times well when sean sullivan does a mock draft it, it's set in stone i can't wait for him to come out with it and he's usually got pretty good ideas and pretty good instincts uh, regarding uh, who the Bucks are going to pick at 19 this year. We shall see. Lee, hopefully uh, it, it's better than the last time they had the 19th pick, which was O.J. Howard. I feel like whispering it. I, I, I don't like to say his name too much, Lee. <laughs> and Bucks fans don't like to hear his name too much either, you know, especially who they could have had instead of O.J. Howard. Ira, about Ebor? Just to remind people, it's upstairs at Central Ebor, right on top of the escalator. The escalator off 7th Avenue, it's right there. So it's easy to find. It's like Steve said, it's a big place. I was out there a couple of Fridays ago when they had like a soft opening. It's pretty cool. 
There's ample parking around there, right, Elite? Well, I took an Uber. I got a hotel room because I knew I was going to drink. And I got a hotel room and took Uber in. Hey, Ira, uh, Uber, when you hear that name, I know you're like, hey, I, I dated a girl named Uber in 1963. Three dates, Steve. Three dates. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ira, you've got 45 years experience covering the NFL. Well, the owners and operators at Florida's Elite Restoration, they've got 25 plus years of experience in the insurance industry. And now they're helping consumers. They know firsthand all the corruption of the big insurance giants. And uh, they're now working with homeowners and business owners who have storm damage, flood damage, mold, and they're helping them get what they need and what they have to get from their insurance company to restore their property. Call Florida's Elite Restoration 24-7. Owner Josh Martin is fantastic. He has that experience in the insurance industry. Don't wait. The insurance companies require you to report things immediately. Call Florida's Elite Restoration 24-7. They'll come out. They'll give you a free assessment of what's going on at your property. And then you go from there. If you need them and you uh, make an agreement with them, they'll give you $500 back toward your deductible cash back if it's uh, if you're paying for it yourself. Check them out. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. You can learn all about them, what makes them great. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. All right, Sage, look, uh, I'll put it right out to you. The offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, met the media 30 minutes. He's a talker. He was relaxed. Of course, he hasn't played a game yet. He hasn't met his players yet, but he had a lot to say. Your thoughts? Well, what struck me the most off Canales' uh, introductory news conference, you can't spend 13 years in one town, in one franchise, with Pete Carroll at the helm for all 13 years, and not let it shape, uh, to a large degree, your philosophy. Even though Carroll is known more, for being on the defensive side of the ball, that's his pedigree, you know, before he got to Seattle as a head coach, and I understand that. Pete Carroll still shaped the philosophy of the Seattle Seahawks, and Canales worked for the man for 13 years. It's got to rub off. And from what I heard from Canales, and Lee, you were right there in row three, listening to him, and then you had some extra time in the media room with him. What jumped out at me, Lee, is... His emphasis is on ball security. That's the first thing he mentioned, and he dwelled on it. And how few fumbles, you know, certain teams had with Skip Pete as the running backs coach. And as I'm writing in a column, and I don't think you have a problem with it, this Buck offense is going to change markedly. And by that I mean whether it's Kyle Trask, Drew Locke, Jimmy Garoppolo, Andy Dalton, or whoever else you want in there on the center, that guy is not going to throw 43 times a game. He's not. If it's Kyle Trask, you might be looking at 27 times a game. That's a sharp contrast. They're not going to throw on two-thirds. Now, look, I'm not going to knock what happened over the last three years. It worked beautifully years one and two. It did not work in year three. It did not. But this team is not going to throw 67% of the time under Dave Canales' watch. That's not going to happen. He's used to a pounding ground game. Now, do they have Marshawn Lynch? They do not. But Pete Carroll was committed to the run. Canales was part of that staff. And I believe Canales will be committed to the run. And Lee, as you said many times, if it's working, you don't have a problem with it. No, and what reassured me, you know, when I was listening to the, you know, to Canales, and I guess about 10 minutes in, all he was talking about was running. 
and I put it on on Twitter and people killed me. I guess they didn't read the full statement. I said, so far, that's the key phrase right there. So far, Canales sounds like we're going back to Dungey Ball. And that's what it sounded like. And then he reassured me when he said, if you can't run, then why run? And I'm like, I wanted to throw my airs up in the air and scream, thank you. But Ira, you, you hit it out of the park. He is Pete Carroll through and through. And I heard this today. And here's something to think about. And I know, Ira, you're not a college guy. I know Steve's not a college guy. But name a player that left USC when Pete Carroll was there to the NFL or a player from Seattle on offense, whether it's USC under Carroll or Seattle with Pete Carroll. Name a guy on offense that left the Seahawks or Trojans and kicked ass. Interesting. I guess Golden Tate. Interesting. What that means is Canales is a big believer in the Pete Carroll way. Big believer. And you know what, Lee? That makes sense. You know, Steve, the more you look at it, and he's not done yet. I mean, he could coach another five years. You never know. I mean, Carroll's not 55 anymore. He's not. But, Steve, he's built a hell of a resume. It didn't start great with some of his other jobs. It didn't. But he, he's done a, a heck of a job in Seattle, by and large. Yeah, he had a great defense for four or five years. He did. But I don't see four Hall of Famers off that Seattle defense. That's not going to happen. They might get one. You know, we'll see. Maybe two. Maybe Richard Sherman will get it. Might. That's what I was thinking. Two yeah, linebacker, maybe. Richard Sherman. What they would know for, Steve, is being one of the most physical teams in the league. That was their identity. And it's certainly not the identity of the Buccaneers. Far from it. Much will depend on what's going on with this offensive line. Gentlemen, here we are. February 22nd, Steve, I guess it's about time I say it. And I have some sources to back it up. Donovan Smith's not going to make it, Lee. He's not going to make it. Wow. He's not going to make it to training camp. I will will say it right now. And you've kind of been hitting about it, Lee, about the savings. With Donovan Smith. It's, it's not even all about the savings. He had a lousy year. There's no two ways about it. I don't know what was bothering him personally. I don't really care. He had a bad year. <laughs> You're such a sensitive man, Ira. You gotta block it out. You gotta compartmentalize. It's not easy. I know, Ira. I know. Thank you, Ira. Thank you. Guys, only one offensive lineman in the league. One. Had more penalties than Donovan Smith. He had 100 yards in penalties. That's number one in an offensive line. Number one. And seven offensive holds. Number one. And he didn't even play 17 games. Far from it. So he picked a bad time to have a bad year. And it surprised me. Because, guys, Donovan Smith had taken his game to a a, a better level in years previously. But, you know, at his age... And the year that he had, and the salary. I got you, Eric. Well, hey, you made it clear you got some sources on this, uh, so that's what we're expecting right now. I think most Bucks fans figured, hey, look, they got to make some some uh, cuts here, and so it makes sense that it would be Smith, who's extremely expensive and probably on the downside. And uh, how many you know thirty year old offensive linemen are you going to carry on a team that may be rebuilding? And he seems to be the one to go. I wanted to kill a couple of what maybe myths out there, Ira. And I'm going to do it in the form of a quiz. The last three years in Seattle, where did they rank in rushing attempts, Ira? 
uh, I'll, I'll give you, say this season, where do you think they ranked in rushing attempts? About 22nd. They did. They did. What about the year before? The year before they had a bad year. Um, I'm going to say 25. They were 27th. And the year before, when they were good, pretty good, they were uh, 17th in rushing attempts. So, I, you know, all this talk about run, 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 I, it's not necessarily there. Uh, it really comes back, I think, to a lot as far as what's going on in the games and the head coach, even Canales uh, reference today. Hey, you know, I didn't run as much uh, way back when in junior varsity football when I didn't have somebody in my ear saying, hey, do this. I thought it was pretty telling because that's what happens in the NFL. Todd Bowles has him in there because he thinks he can craft a running game with uh, and make some changes working with Joe Gilbert and Harold Goodwin. He talked about them today and uh, simplify it and toughen it up and and let it go. But the Seahawks don't necessarily run that much uh, unless they have an elite running back, uh, which is really the situation for most teams. They did in their glory years, which was uh, I did the research on it. And it was the first four years uh, of Russell Wilson, starting in 2012. Now, Lee, to be fair, and to tell the put it in context, it, it helps when you have uh, a quarterback that's as mobile as Russell Wilson in terms of your rushing stats. It does. But they had Marshawn Lynch, too. And in 2015, which was the fourth year when they were, you know, always within the top three in, in rush attempts and rush yards, four years in a row. The last of those years, Lee, 2015, Marshawn Lynch got hurt. He had a hernia. He only played seven games. And some guy named Thomas Rawls, the guy was an undrafted rookie. You never Ooh. heard of him again. The guy came in and averaged six yards a carry the rest of the season. And he had very good records all four of those years. So those were the glory years of the Seahawks. Two Super Bowls. They won one. Uh, the only reason they didn't win two, Lee, is Malcolm Butler made one of the all-time plays. And one yeah. of the all-time, one of the off one of the all-time dumb calls, right, Lee? Uh, Seattle could have easily won back-to-back Super Bowls, easily, and we'd be looking at Pete Carroll, Lee, a little bit differently. Yeah, uh, had, had that happen, Lee. My other point, besides uh, Seattle, you know, running the ball into the ground th- those first four years with Russell Wilson, I-, I didn't realize it was this bad for this long. I-, I didn't, because this goes back four different coaches, Lee. The Bucks haven't finished better than 24th that means you're in the the fourth quarter percentile you know 24th or less seven years in a row in in, in yards and that's not just Brady of course it covers Jameis or different coaches I mean Lee the last time they ran worth the damn the hamster was running for 1400 yards that was 2015 We're, we're so numb to not having any kind of running game, we, we, we don't even realize how bad it's been. Well, number one, I wouldn't call it bad. Let's let's put this in context here. Uh, since Arians came, this team was scoring points, whether it was Jameis, whether it was with Brady. And that's all that matters. And when the Bucks needed the run, the Super Bowl year, the year after, playoff money was good. So just because they weren't handing the ball off it, two out of every three plays didn't mean they couldn't run the ball. They could run the ball. They did run the ball when they needed to. I mean, I'll never forget that Super Bowl when uh, Ailey Marpet had that, when he pulled on that playoff lane off right tackle and, and, and Fournette was running behind Werfs and Marpet. You could see, man, you could see those Chiefs defenders. They were pulling off. They didn't want anything to do with the playoff lane. They could run the ball, but they chose to pass. And that doesn't mean they had no running game. They just chose not to hand the ball off two out of every three snaps. I, I actually like that. 
me personally, but that's just me. I, I think I re going back to your days of chasing Muriel Berkowitz when everybody ran the ball 80% of the time and you're like, oh, this was horrible. No, it wasn't. They were scoring points and they were winning the Super Bowl. But nothing horrible about it at all. The Bucks did have their spots, Lee. They did. And, and the eight game uh, winning streak that closed the 2020 season, they, they ran the ball pretty well. Lee. You, you're right. Also, you got to remember from Muscle Hamster's rookie year to, um, Playoff Lenny coming off the bench basically in the latter half of 2020, they really had nobody to hand the ball off to. Don't forget the brilliant Charles Sims now. Uh, I, I can't believe you didn't bring it up earlier. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw in some love for your favorite Chiefs player because you guys forgot about him. It was Ronald Jones who led the Bucks in rushing in 2020, just to put that out there, your favorite Chiefs player. There you go. Steve, when you spend the first five minutes uh, explaining your offensive philosophy, and you talk about ball security and minimizing giveaways, that in itself leads me to believe uh, you ain't throwing 700 passes anymore. Those those days are over. Well, and another reason why I think they're going to be running the ball a lot, number one, they have the guys, at least Canella says, they have the guys to run the ball. I would not be shocked at all if they're drafted a running back. I really would. But you also, from the sounds of it, yeah, you know, things change, but it sure sounds like they're going with Trask. Well, what better way to help him out his first year of uh, starting, if he is the starting quarterback, than to run the ball, than have a power running game? I agree. Hey, hey, Ira, did you walk away from that? Canales is 30 minutes. Did you walk away from listening to that saying, well, he's just talking about Trask because that's the only guy here? Or did you walk away thinking, hey, they're going to roll with Trask? Uh, I walked away thinking, I don't know if any of this is legitimate. I believe the guy, but I don't know if they're necessarily going with Trask. Uh, what was your thought? Uh, I'm a little bit more uh, with you, Isbitz. Uh, and I don't think Lee is uh, pounding the table at uh, Canales uh, based on what Canales said. It's going to be Trask. Lee, they, there's going to be competition. Lee, there will be. You know, and if it's Drew Locke, you know, let, let the better guy play. I got no problem with that. What I do have a problem with, if, if it's Andy Dalton, I got to let Trask play. I got to let Trask play, Lee. When I, when I read that article from Steve, I immediately screamed. I screamed out loud. I screamed. I'm like, my well, God, if you're going to tank, why do you pay a guy millions of dollars to tank? Well, he's cheap, Lee. Dalton's cheap. He is cheap. Well, I got to be more expensive than uh, Drew Locke. No, but, I, but I relatively got, cheap. I got a philosophical question for you guys, because I was thinking about it when I was writing that Andy Dalton story at JoeBucksFan.com. Because this is an important philosophical question. Now, you guys did not agree with me in the standpoint of evaluating Bulls. I was sitting on the side of, hey, I don't care if you didn't get to pick all his coaches. Coach with what you got, you, you've still failed because you should have done better with what you had. But you guys were on the other side saying, hey, the guy's got to get a shot to pick some of his own staff here. He got stuck with Arian's staff, and that's not 100% fair. Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. How can I be on the other side when I gave him a D? I'm talking about I'm talking about just uh, just that that specific <laughs> argument that specific argument you guys were were on that on that side of it and that's fine so I got to ask you this philosophically if it's not fair for Bulls to not be able to pick his coaches then isn't it unfair for him not to be able to pick his quarterback and if he says look give me the best available veteran if the budget is five million. Uh, let me get the best guy I want for $5 million, and maybe that's Andy Dalton. Do you think it's unfair to limit Todd Bowles and say he can't be your quarterback, dude, even though you want him to be? I think it's too big a question.
discretion to leave it in the hands of any coach, uh, let alone Todd Bowles coming off an 8-9 season. To me, that's the biggest question going ahead. Uh, who's your quarterback? Uh, what direction is this franchise going? You notice I didn't use the word tank, uh, Lee. I don't use it, but I use long range. And uh, I think the Bucks have to think long range. Todd Bowles is thinking short range. Steve, mm -hmm. we understand that. We understand that. I would feel the same way if I was Todd Bowles. Lee, he goes 5-12. and 12. Well, What are the odds on Bowles keeping his job? Not very good. Not very good. So, yeah, he, he wants to win the division again. He wants to make the playoffs. And he wants to win 11 games. But, I don't know. I'm of the opinion that the Glazers are making this call and that everything will flow accordingly from uh, the Glazers' vision of, of this roster and uh, where the Bucks are uh, in their arc. To me, it's time for a reset. For me. There's a guy out there I'd rather have than, than Andy Dalton. Just about everybody. I mean, you got a guy that's already living here. His name is Blaine Gabbard. Who, if you're worried about cheapness, well, then you bring him in. And, you know, we saw Bulls after the season just, just rave about Blaine Gabbard. So if not Bulls walks into an office with Light or the Glazers or both, and he invokes the name Andy Dalton, I immediately got to wonder, uh, he's got to have a drug test. He's got to go see a specialist. You know, what's wrong with you, Todd? You, you need help. You need another vacation? What's the matter with you? <laughs> you know, uh, Steve, what if Canales saw some glimpses of Drew Locke uh, in his one year in Seattle? Now, look, he, he didn't throw a pass. We know that. He did not. He was supposed to compete with Geno Smith. That competition was over quickly. He held a clipboard. But Canales knows a little bit about Drew Locke, and if he's pushing for Jason Light to sign him, uh, I'm not opposed to it as opposed to Andy Dalton Lee because at least we know what Andy Dalton is and we're not quite sure about Drew Locke. He's not Tom Brady. Let's not get carried away, Lee. But he's young. Lee, he's relatively young. And sometimes guys like that can resurrect their career. Look what happened to Geno Smith working with Canales. You got to give Canales some credit in that regard. I mean, Smith came out of nowhere. He, he had nothing going for him. He had no resume. Awful. And he throws 30 touchdowns, Steve, and completes 70% of his passes. You got you got to tip your hat to Canales for that. Hey, Sage, 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 I agree with you. You have to give Canales some credit. Canales today said that flat out, Geno Smith is why I'm here. Because Geno had a breakthrough year. But we're giving all this credit to the quarterbacks, Coach. And if we looked at other teams, we would, in general, we would give all the credit to the offensive coordinator. So it's like, and I, I in the same way that I don't think we can give Canales and knock him for certain things that were issues with the Seahawks. I don't think we can give him all this credit. He's just a guy that has a lot of potential that they like and will will trust him. And and it, like you said, if Pete Carroll spent all that those years with you, you got to be pretty good. He's learned from a lot of guys and seen a lot of success. But how much credit are we necessarily 100% giving the guy? I don't know. I have a problem just throwing a bunch of blame or credit on the guy. To me, he's just an unknown. He was a quarterback's coach and a receiver's coach. He didn't even play quarterback. Well, you, you got to give you, you got to give him some props, Lee, for for Geno Smith. I'm not I'm not showering all, all everything in, on Dave Canales's lap, Lee. But you, you gotta you gotta admit uh, that he's the quarterback's coach, and this quarterback had uh, a, a stunning season. Uh, well, just a little bit of background here, from what I understand, uh, Canales crafted the passing attack for Seattle. That was his baby. He, no, he was not the offensive coordinator, but he was the one that devised the passing uh, attack, passing schemes. Of I course, the right. offensive coordinator. What? Yeah. 
I think you're right, Lee. I think okay. you're right. And, of course, the offensive coordinator had to sign off on it, but, you know, it was greenlit by the OC and away they went. So it wasn't just that he was teaching the quarterback how to, uh, you know, footwork and that kind of stuff. He, had, he was a little bit more involved in that. Yeah, he was the passing game coordinator for two years. Uh, not, yes. la- not last year, though. Not last year. Okay. Okay. And the, um, the Bucks put that out as part of their uh, – their package on uh, on Canales, but yeah, you know what I'm saying, Ira. It's it's hard to to throw any position coach all this credit or or discredit on the offensive side. Uh, I mean, I, I like the energy of the guy. I think Todd Bowles was probably drawn to that. I got to think Ira because Bowles, while he says he's high energy in practice and all this stuff, I'm not sure he really connected with the offense. And I think maybe he needed a guy who he felt could could connect and get them all jacked up and playing hard. Do you think there's anything to that? I do. One thing that uh, I, I think it's hard to argue against it, Lee, you tell me, but the success that uh, Geno Smith had last year with Canales as his position coach, I think that stuck with the Glazers, Jason Light, Bowles. In terms of sooner or later, the Bucks are going to turn the reins over to a young and experienced quarterback. It might be Trask. It might not be Trask. You know, they're not getting Derek Carr. Like, that, that's not happening. For the Bucks, for, for, for different reasons. And not going to get in a bidding war for Derek Carr's services. So, Lee, I think that was a very attractive aspect and, and a high mark on, on Canales' record. Not that Geno Smith was a young quarterback, but that he brought out the best in Geno Smith. He maximized his talent, and, you know, helped craft an offense, you know, accentuating Smith's uh, strengths. And I don't think the Bucks can help but think what he could do maybe with a, a young, inexperienced quarterback. I, I, I think that's one of the reasons he's here. And speaking of inexperienced quarterbacks, Ira, what do you make of Marcus Spears? He was on ESPN the other day. He was directing it to Jason Light. He didn't say Jason Light by name or Todd Bowles by name, but he's like, look at Bucks. If you're not going to get Derek Carr, don't do Chris Godwin and Mike Evans this way. These guys were loyal soldiers. When you stunk, yeah, you turn things around. And if you go with Trask, that's a rebuild. I don't care what you say. Don't let those guys suffer again. Go out and trade them to a contender and use those draft picks to help restock your roster. What do you make of that? Well, Lee, if I'm trading Mike Evans or Godwin, it's not going to be because I feel sorry for them uh, working with Kyle Trask. I got to do what's best for the organization. If I'm trading Mike Evans... It's not going to be for salary cap purposes, Lee, because uh, those are negligible. Negligible. Uh, it would be to get draft capital, and it would depend on how much draft capital I get. Nobody wants to trade Mike Evans if, if you don't have to. Lee, why would you? You know, the guy's on a Hall of Fame arc. He, he is. You know, he puts another couple of years in. He's going to be tough to deny on the doorstep of Kent. But this team needs flexibility, Lee. You talk about Caleb Williams all the time. All the time. And the make kid out of North Carolina. That's what I'm looking at. You know, if, if you go 7-10, and 10, you know, in a lousy division, and now all of a sudden, you know, you, you got the ninth pick, you, you're not getting Caleb Williams. No. If you don't have uh, the, the capital to move up. And it, you got to pay through the nose, Lee, to move up. They gouge you. So anyway, that's my way of saying that uh, I don't agree with Marcus Spears, that you're worried about the psyche of Chris Godwin, and you owe it to Steve. How could you owe it to him? They, they won a Super Bowl together. 
with this organization. You all, you, you know what you all do what's best for the organization. Do what's best for the organization, and you can never go wrong. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really understand what uh, Spears is saying, the, the mentality of it all. It is kind of hard to go from Tom Brady, Super Bowl, to and the run of the last three years to you know what the Bucks may be going to. But, of course, Godwin and Evans are the perfect guys to have around in that situation, team-first guys. Uh, do you think what factors into some of the chatter, Ira, and maybe even some of the thought at one buck, because you know how the NFL is sort of a copycatish league, last year there were four receivers traded, big-name receivers in the offseason yeah. for first-round yeah. draft picks, you know, from Tyreek Hill to A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, I forgot the other guy. So they may be looking at, you know, that's the market now. You trade a top receiver and and you can get a first-round pick. You think there's some of that maybe going on? That's a critical point. Lee, I, I understand members of Buck Nation saying it's blasphemy, blasphemy, to even consider moving Mike Evans. I, I understand it, Lee. If you're a diehard and you've watched Mike Evans since 2014 and he's been a great Buccaneer, I understand it. But, Lee, I don't think it's necessarily crazy. I don't. I'm sorry. He's not better than Tyreek Hill. He's not better than Devontae Adams. Maybe he's a little better than A.J. Brown. A little. They all got traded, Lee. You think Aaron Rodgers wanted to trade Devontae Adams? Are you crazy? You think Mahomes wanted to deal Tyreek Hill? Of course not. Of course not. Now look. Lee, I'm not giving Mike Evans up for a late second round pick. I'm not doing that. That's silly. But if I can get a very strong package for a 30-year-old receiver, he's in his prime, no question. Might play another five years, no question. Lee, I got to do what's best for this franchise. And look what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs said no. We're moving on from Tyreek Hill. Next thing you know, they still win a Super Bowl. Now it helps to have Patrick Mahomes. Well, Lee, they they cashed in on those draft picks. And if Jason Lights is good as the Glazers think he is, why can't he cash in on these draft picks? They're going to be premium picks, maybe a one and a two, and uh, they can certainly need the help. I don't think it's nuts. I don't reject it out of hand. I don't. All right, Sage, you scared a lot of Bucks fans there. But if you want some comfort, write down floridaseliterestoration.com because that's who you call when you have a disaster, not a Mike Evans trade, but any sort of uh, damage to your home, flood, fire, water, mold. And uh, we thank Bill Curry Ford, BillCurryFord.com. Get shopping there immediately. So many great offers from GM Sean Sullivan, BillCurryFord.com. And load up uh, for your weekend party, your uh, relaxation in this hot weather that we're having in February uh, with the Big Storm Beer Tap Rooms in Odessa, Clearwater, just south of Almerton Road and Ybor City, like we talked about, Cape Coral, Orlando at the Amway Center, Big Storm Brewery. Sage, I got a final question for you. I don't know what Lee's got. Todd Bowles went with experience hiring a new outside linebackers coach. George Edwards has been a coordinator at a few stops. Uh, He's a guy about Bowles' age. They worked together previously and uh, just brings a ton of experience. Uh, What do you think of that? Well, I'd I'd rather have an edge rusher than a a coordinator for edge rushers. How how do you like that? (laughs) Look, you're right. You're right. George Edwards has a nice resume. He does. But like Lee, and I'll, I'll let him weigh in a little more, I'm worried about what George Edwards ha- has to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, those days of JPP are, are long gone. 
we've seen the injury, the Shaq Barrett, like Lee likes to bring up, and, and accurately, you never know whether a guy will bounce back 100% or how long it would take him to do so. You never know. I'm concerned, Lee. I, I think, look, is it as big a need as it is for the Atlanta Falcons, who just, you know, their sack totals are just ridiculously low, and that's obviously a priority. They got to get some pass rushers on this team. Uh, unless they're going to let Devin White blitz uh, on every down, which may not be a terrible idea. <laughs> well, in my eyes, this new outside linebackers coach, very similar to when Dirk Cutter hired uh, Todd Munkin. It looked like at the time that Mike Edwards was starting to fly, or Mike Evans was starting to flame out. You know, he was getting a lot of penalties. He was playing undisciplined, dropping a lot of balls. When Dirk Cutter hired Todd Munkin, he told Munkin, you have one job, fix Mike Evans. This new outside linebackers coach, Bowles should sit him down. He's like, you've got one job, and I don't give a damn if you don't do anything else. Fix Joe Tryon Shoyinka. Well said, well said, Lee. He's got one more year to prove himself, Lee. Otherwise, uh, you know, we're going to start throwing that bust word around, and we don't want to do that. We don't. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was last episode, Ira, when you talked about Raquel Welch. Um, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> hey, uh, I got some good comments about, uh, about you know, uh, talking about Raquel Welch. I'm still thinking about her, Lee. I'm still thinking about Here's her. one for you, Ira. It's, it's not exactly Raquel Welch, but since you mourned a, a uh, celebrity in your youth, I have to mourn a guy who passed away, I think, the same day. He was a big part of my life because I patterned myself after him in a good way, not in a bad way. That's the notorious Conrad Dobler. <laughs> you know, Lee, I think he gets a bad rap a little bit because a little bit. You, you say Conrad Dobler and somebody says D dirty player. He, he was a very good player, Lee. He was a very yeah, good player. Three pro bowlers or three pro yeah. bowlers and he was on the line, you know, it helps play next to Dan Deardorff, but he was on the line, I think that set a record for fewest sacks in the season. Eight? Does that sound right, Ira? I, I, I think you're right, Lee. And uh, did he push the envelope? He didn't only push yes. it, he, he ripped it open. But Oh, you heard you heard, you heard a story about Marilyn Olsen and him, right? Uh, what is it? What is it, Lee? Well, he absolutely was in Marilyn Olsen's head. Absolutely had him rattled. Well, fast forward a few years, and... Uh, you know, Merlin Olsen's on that Little House in the Prairie, I think. He plays a priest. Yeah. And there was a scene where they went to the church. There's a cemetery behind the church. One of the gravestones was Conrad Dobler. <laughs> That's how much he was in his head. Now, I actually got to meet Dobler a few times after his career was over with five or six years. I was out of college. I was covering the Royals in Kansas City. And he was a sports radio host at the time. And uh, he would periodically sit next to me in a press box. He was just the opposite of his image. You know, you think of him as like, oh, out of control, crazy, nuts guy. And he was. But away from the football field, he was a sweetheart. He was a kind guy, almost soft-spoken, very polite, very well-dressed, just the opposite of his image. You know, the same holds for his bits, uh very much uh, the opposite of his image when, when you meet him. Very much the <laughs> I don't know if that's good. Or, I don't know if that's good or bad, Ira. Well, Ira Sage, uh, in keeping to the theme here, you uh, have a good night. You enjoy your Burt Backrack records. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you later in the week. 
And of course, next week is the NFL Scouting Combine. Exciting stuff here on the Ira Kaufman Podcast. Hola amigos, soy Randy Arozarena. ¿Sabías que Bill Curry Ford tiene cientos de nuevos Ford y vehículos usados para escoger? Sí, y puedes comprar con tranquilidad, porque todos vienen con una garantía nacional por vía del tren motriz. Obtenga cobertura de tren motriz durante el tiempo que sea dueño de su vehículo y 10 años de asistencia en carretera sin costo adicional para usted. Ahora eso es una jugada de ¿Tienes un vehículo para intercambiar? Bill Curry Ford le dará hasta 5 mil dólares sobre KBB por su auto viejo y obtendrá su dinero inmediatamente. Además, ofrecen financiamiento garantizado interno. ¿Mal crédito? ¿Sin crédito? No hay problema. Ellos pueden conseguir que usted apruebe y siempre obtienes el mejor servicio. Así que si estás buscando un vehículo nuevo o usado o qué comprar en otro lugar, apresúrate a Bill Curry Ford, la primera familia de Ford en Tampa Bay. Fácil acceso en North Del Maverick Highway o comprar en línea en BillCurryFord.com. 